Hello and welcome to the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living. I'm Chantelle the Coach, a quarter life and confidence coach that helps women in their 20s and 30s embrace that single season of yours, make the most of every opportunity and stop worrying about dating and finding someone to complete you but instead make the most of that time on your own discovering yourself exploring the world around you having adventures on your own and connecting with other wonderful single women that want to celebrate that singleness and look at all the things that are going on in their life uh, that are worth looking at and sharing together at events book clubs and finding real friendship friendships that will support you through that time and go beyond and in this week's episode I want to talk about how to say no. This has come up a number of times in the Single Girls Guide to chats that we have every other Wednesday. It's all to do with being able to set boundaries. It's interesting that we're not necessarily taught how to set boundaries. We're taught how to please others very easily, such as doing well at school and making your parents proud and so on. And I don't think it fits under any normal point at which you need to be taught how to set a boundary it's meant to come through practice however I think it would be fair to say that not all of us have that experience of seeing boundaries being set and held or if we do we don't necessarily see them in the healthiest ways and I think this is something that often happens and we discover and build our confidence in during our 20s and 30s because you'd have seen the memes or the little static quotes on Instagram that say in your 20s you're worrying about what everyone thinks of you by your 30s uh, you realize that the only person you need to worry about is yourself and then by your 40s 50s you realize no one was worrying about you they were all too busy focused on themselves and this stands for when we're talking about how to say no and at the moment it feels like the most awkward, cringy thing to have to say no to someone when you know they need help or you think that you should, as ever, the word should coming up on yet another podcast episode and yet another conversation. But actually, with time, it gets better. And this episode is going to discuss why you need to say no, how to say no, a couple of ideas, and also the reason why we find it so difficult to say no. So as mentioned already, saying no is part of setting healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries, according to Positive Psychology's article on it, say that it leads to good mental and emotional health, the avoidance of burnout, a sense of developed autonomy and identity, and it influences others' behaviour. We discussed that last element in a conversation not long ago in the Single Girls Guide to chat, and somebody said, whether it was a quote of a quote, they said that... Setting a boundary tells someone how you want them to behave towards you. And I'm pretty sure I've brought that up on the podcast before too. And it still stands. Being able to say no, which is part of the boundary setting process, is about telling people what you will and won't accept. And being able to say no to your friends, your family, your colleagues, is part of living life the way you want to. For the first seven years of your life, you were being conditioned and programmed according to the world around you as to what beliefs you had and then beyond that you were probably acting out of accordance with those conditionings those rules the set of values that were around you and once you start to get into your 20s and 30s depending on what you've done in that time and how many other people environments or sources of information you have been exposed to means that you start to question what you do and don't want to do 
and how you actually value your time and where you want it to go. And so when I'm talking about saying no, I am talking about it in quite a general way, but it is very much about managing your time. So this could be at work, saying no to more. It could be saying no to family and or friends for social occasions or traditional events. And it could just be saying no to anything that crops up, but you still feel that you should. Uh, It could be any kind of request for help. But being able to say no is necessary because you only have a limited amount of time in the day. Stephen Bartlett talks about it in terms of chips and how many chips that you give out of time and where it goes. And we've all got the same finite amount of time in a day. Obviously, we don't know how many days we have. And so you need to be making sure that you're doing everything in accordance with you and what you know to be the things that you value and are important to you. And if you've ever been part of my coaching sessions, you'll know that we do the values exercise to make sure that you get crystal clear or start to get crystal clear on exactly what it is that matters most to you and how to have some sort of reference point to operate on. But even without that, you can have some sort of idea about how you are making decisions and what is most important to you and what you're working on right now and what you would feel is okay to sacrifice over something else because we cannot do it all. There is no physically possible way to do absolutely everything all of the time and at certain points we have to say no because we can't help with that house move. We can't help do that extra project. We can't go to that And in some cases, it's not I can't, but I won't. That you could fill all of that in, but at the cost of your mental and emotional health. Hence what that article previously mentioned about having good mental and emotional health. That doesn't happen if we don't give time to ourselves. If we don't put in time to rejuvenate, to rest, recover. And when we look on social media, it can seem like people are doing things all the time. And we need to keep up with that. But they don't put the downtime on there or they don't show if they're stressed. What you have to do is notice where it's important to you to put your efforts and your time and make sure that you are getting the most out of life. Because we all have that time, that memory, that occasion where we said yes to something. But we knew at the time of saying yes that we meant no. We were kind of hoping that they wouldn't like go ahead with it or that something would come up or some excuse would fall in the way. And it didn't. We had to go. We spent the time at that event, if it was an event, like wishing we were somewhere else or dragging ourselves out of bed to even get there in the first place. Or you might have just been a little bit off for the evening because the reality was is that you didn't want to be there. You didn't want to be doing what you were doing. You were doing it because you should. Out of courtesy being very British and being polite and thinking, well, what will they think of me if I don't do that? And that brings me on to why we find it so hard to say no. And quite frankly, it's because we care about what other people think of us. It's a normal thing to feel that way because we are tribe driven. We want to belong to the pack. We don't want people to think less of us. But actually, when we exert our decision making skills and the right to say no, it actually comes across as confidence. Yes, it feels awkward. And maybe the first time you don't come across quite as confident as you do five or six times in. But actually, learning to say no is empowering. The difficulty comes when we're trying to deliver that message to people that have an impression of us already. And we fear, whether we acknowledge that or not, we fear the 
risk of losing them as friends, being thought of fondly by them as family or colleagues. And it's really difficult to say no. There's actually a study that says that people underestimate that others will help them when in actual fact, more people are likely to say yes to helping them if they ask in person because it's so awkward to say no. That doesn't help our case. That just tells us that we feel inclined to say yes when people ask, but people don't always take account for that when they're asking. But it means that we have to overcome the difficulty, particularly in person, of saying no. Because it is nice to help other people. I'm not saying there's not a time at which you shouldn't say yes. But you should think about when you want to say yes. And in fact, one of the articles that I read suggested making no your default and only letting yes come through and flipping it when you really want to do something, which I thought was incredibly interesting. Obviously, at the moment, you probably say yes more often than you say no. And so that's going to take some time to flip. However, I would probably say, arguably, my no's are more likely than my yeses half the time at the moment. I won't go to social events at work if it interferes with the time, like if it's an impromptu, do you want to join after work sort of scenario. If it doesn't fit, I'm not going to say yes for the sake of saying yes, because, you know, it's a time when I'm not going to see them for a few days like the weekend or we've got a holiday point. If I've got something else to be doing or I need to be getting ready for that like it would fit but it would put time pressure on something else actually I don't want to be rushed around the whole time and if it was more of a pre-organized event that might be different I'm very much a calendar person and each person's going to take different scenarios of opportunity differently being able to exert a no to saying no when someone says could you do this at work it depends. It depends if you've got the time. It, how far is that going to impact on your other duties and getting what you already have on your list done? And I think we have to address this idea of Christmas with Christmas brewing. It's not long. It'll be soon time where families traditionally come together and spend at least Christmas Day together, if not Boxing Day and or the rest of Betwixtmas together. Obviously, last year, we were forced into a scenario where that may not be possible. It depended on your housing scenario. For me, my family, my original bubble, as it were, were who I'd managed to, because we knew my stepdad was coming home with COVID, I managed to avoid that crossover. And so they didn't have to remain my bubble, if that made sense. But they were isolating over Christmas. And so I went to other family members as a separate bubble and maintain them as my bubble whilst the others were isolating. And we all experienced potentially different Christmases then. Whilst I do spend my Christmas with my grandma sometimes, I'd never really not spent it with my mum and brother. We did like a little window visit. I went to visit them through their window. But it kind of gave this thought to me of, I wonder what other people do for Christmas, because friends had reached out to me and said, look, if you're on your own, um, they knew I'd just moved into my new place with no internet um, and no, no entertainment really of any sort. Uh, and I was pretty stuck. Had said, you know, if, if you haven't gone anywhere yet, then you're welcome to join us. And depended on how their sort of bubbles were set up. But it was that idea that you could, in theory, spend time with other people. And as single people, 
and I haven't polled the single girls club yet on this, but I was going to ask how many people are spending Christmas Day alone because I think there will be some people potentially. Just because I don't doesn't mean that people don't. It might not be feasible. It might be that their parents or the rest of their family live quite a way away and they don't have the time off to take it. It might be that they live in another country and it's not actually possible to get there without paying for endless tests. Or it might just be that they don't have that family. And if it's not Christmas Day, then is it Boxing Day betwixtmas that people, particularly single people who may or may not have children, find difficult because all around you is that celebration of being together, particularly if you are romantically with someone. And I know, I know from the conversations that we're having that people are feeling worried or feeling about Christmas time because it is high season for, well, engagements, winter wonderland visits. And so actually thinking about if Christmas and how you want to do it is with family or not, is important because it might be that you're developing friendships that mean that you need to balance Christmas a little bit differently. It might not mean not seeing your family at all, but it might mean potentially doing it a little bit differently. Going for a walk in the morning with friends or not not seeing them at all and going on Boxing Day because you are doing something with another group of people. Anything that questions the tradition is always difficult to say no to. And in particular as women... We want to be liked even more so than men from a study that I was reading. That fondness that we want people to have of us is more emphasised to us. And so we don't like to rock the boat by saying no and we're going to do something differently. And we feel guilty for not saying yes. Like, well, if I don't want to spend Christmas with you, does that say that I don't really want to see you and don't care about you? Or if I say no to helping you move house, oh, will you have someone to to find it will you be okay moving house without me we take that on as if that's our problem and whilst we could have been the person to help there should always be other people for that person to rely on you cannot always be the person to say yes every time because you might need a weekend to yourself you might be doing something really important that weekend and you need to prepare or get ready or just tidy up. If you know anything about my Instagram stories, my weekends are filled with constantly tidying the house where I haven't had a chance to do it in the week. That is my life. And so weekend events have to really be put in and worked around. I can't feel guilty if someone asks me to help them with something and I'm not able to because I haven't had a chance to factor that in. But actually being able to say no is the most difficult thing because as you get asked a request whether you knew it was coming or not like if it was a Christmas scenario you know it might be coming up or it's already assumed you've got to bring it up or if it's off the cuff random at work oh can you help with this obviously if you just go no that's not going to go down all too well that's very abrupt and actually it's the delivery of saying no that will lead people to being less fond of you it is not the fact that you said no, it's because you've been rude in your approach. And you might make the error of being a bit too blunt because you haven't had to say it before. And so you feel awkward about saying it. So just think, I'll get it over and done with quick as possible. And just say no, sorry. Which isn't a problem entirely, but it, there are probably better ways to deal with this. Again, jabbering on too much about why you can't possibly help someone or do something for someone is 
also the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, don't give them too much to go on. Like, all they need is a, a no, sorry, sort of thing. So the ways that I've kind of thought about this is if someone asks you to help with something, I've kept it general. I'm afraid I can't. I really need to. And in this example, I've said, I really need to get the house sorted this weekend. So if that is someone asking for help over the weekend, I'm afraid I can't. I really need to get the house sorted this weekend. That tells another person what your priority is. And it isn't abrupt. They are entitled not to agree with that priority. But that's their opinion. And that's for them to decide. And if that determines if they're going to remain friendly towards you or even friends with you, then you've got to decide how far you believe that friendship is strong if they're saying because you're prioritising your time over theirs that they may not talk to you again if that's if it's as extreme as that. In terms of if you're being invited to something, thank you for the invite, but I'm looking to do Christmas a bit differently this year. That's definitely in the Christmas scenario that I've thought about this. It's the idea of saying thank you and acknowledging that it's nice of them to say to come along or to invite you to a party but then just giving that excuse so they don't know that you're completely being off with them is useful. And in this example, it could be that you want to travel, you want to house it, you want to spend time on your own, you want to do it with friends instead. You don't have to be specific about why. I mean, they might query it. Uh, what are you thinking of doing instead? And you're welcome to tell them. Just don't take any of their responses after that seriously if it's negative, if it's a pinch of salt. Because the problem we have when we're saying no is that we worry about what's going to happen when we say no. And the chances are there is going to be potentially a reaction. If this is the first time you've said no to doing something or helping or being somewhere where you normally would be, just as much as the fact that you might not have been prepared for the request, they too might not be ready for you to say no if you were a yes person. And there's a quote, a quote, there's a law, Newton's third law, that every action has an equal opposite reaction. Physics. If you push something one way, there's an equal opposite force pushing it back in the other way. And in order to move it forward, it's got to be a greater push from one side over the other. Uh, and the only reason I know that quote mostly is from uh, Hamilton the musical. Um, and Hamilton's fighting for the freedom in America. But he was met with resistance from the opposing parties who were pretty set in their ways. And so he had to find that extra push to overcome that opposite reaction. But we're always going to have different reactions. It's just how can we cope with it? And you are too fighting for your freedom of choice and autonomy to say no. And it's worth just having in the back of your mind that you might get that equal opposite reaction from one or more people to your choice. It doesn't make it a wrong choice. It's the right choice for you. But our friends and family have known us a long time. Potentially. Hopefully. And that change in your approach means that they have to change too. They've got to adapt to accepting a no when they were so used to it being a yes. They don't know what to do when you say no. Probably don't even know what to say. Oh, oh, okay, then no worries. Or, what do you mean you can't help me? It's going to go one or two ways if they're really not prepared for it. And just reiterate it if so. And don't sit and think about it. You're going to sit and think about it now I've said that. You need to focus and remind yourself on why you said no and what opportunity it gives you by saying no. The whole reason you're saying no is to conserve your energy and time. That's the whole point of this. It's to allow you to focus on the things that you want to do and do them. Or it's to recoup the energy and time to have to do the things that you want to do. And it isn't worth us then expending the time that we've just gained by saying no. Fretting 
over what the other person now thinks of us. And it is difficult. I know it's difficult. I have experienced this myself at work with little things because I definitely used to do a lot, and I mean a lot, a lot, with family and how particular events may or may not run. In terms of COVID, being able to say no when you didn't think it was right to attend something when it felt like someone else was maybe had COVID or had linked to COVID and you were like, oh no, I really, I can't do that. It's not right for me. And not worrying about what impact that has elsewhere. It is difficult. But like with everything that we do in life, we get better at something with practice. We gain confidence through practice. So I don't suggest that your first no is your biggest no. And it's the most controversial, goes against the tradition kind of no. I mean, you are welcome to try. It, it can just feel mentally like a bigger mountain. If it's also that big, you've got to think about how that's going to impact the people you're trying to say it to and their reaction back. If if they're not used to you saying no at all and you go for the, the big no, then chances are they're going to have a big, a big shock and have to deal with that. And it may be that their instinct is defensive questioning as to why not. And not really understanding it. Whereas if you've built up this kind of no pattern and maybe made it your default, then maybe it won't be such a shock when you say no. They have a semi-expectation that it could be yes, it could be no. Because ultimately, as clinical psychologist Patrick Sheehan explained in the research that I read, is that over time you can learn that you will be okay and you will cope. Even if it feels discomforting in the short term to say no. It is. It's going to feel awful. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to pretty it up. It feels weird. It feels horrible to say it because you're just like, I know you need help. or I know you need someone to do this, but I'm not that person right now. And obviously you don't express that. <laughs> but that's the kind of feeling that you have when you're trying to say no. And there's that pressure as well as wanting to be liked and wanting to be part of every event. FOMO as well. We don't want to miss out. But you can't do everything. We were taught to people, please. We weren't taught to say no, though, realistically. We just taught that British politeness to say, oh, yes, no worries, regardless of how we actually feel. And as with many, many approaches to any new behaviour, you have to start small and build it up. Say no to the little request and later on you can focus on the bigger requests so that their resistance to it and their expectations have changed as to whether you're going to help them or not. Now, going through this research, I've decided that I'm going to be reading the the Book of No, 365 Ways to Say It and Mean It by Susan Newman. I've put the link in the description because I reckon looking at the title and the fact that it's an updated version, there's going to be lots of practical strategies for saying no within that. But alternatively, it might be something that you want to focus on as part of something you're working on. So you know that part of the blockage is because you can't say no to other things, but you actually want to be focusing on a house project, a work project, something like that. And so coaching might suit you better, in which case there's a link in the description to book a no obligation discovery call. And we could look at a six or 12 week block of coaching to get you focused on what you're trying to do. And as part of that, establish saying no a little bit more to some things in your life. But if neither of those suit you, I want to set you a challenge for this week, whenever you're listening to it for the next seven days. Find three things in every day that you can say no to or set a boundary in at the very least, because sometimes there's not a direct kind of no to it. 
But three things that occur in your day. It needs to be a week where you're working because chances are there's a little bit more to it. Something that slightly pushes you over the edge of your capacity or for protecting your time. I want you to try saying no to. Because by the end, I want you to confidently have three things that you say no to. Day one's probably going to be a bit shaky. You'll say yes, even though you meant no. But by the end, I want you to have said three no's with confidence and developed your kind of scripts. I gave you a couple to kind of start with. I'm afraid I can't, this, that, the other, or thank you for the invite, but I can't. I'm doing this instead. And just to note, you don't have to have a, I'm doing this instead. I just really need to catch up on some rest. It's fine. But you can devise your own way of doing it. That book may be useful or you may need that cheerleader of a coach. But otherwise, try and set yourself that task for this week. See what you managed to say no to. See how much time and energy you managed to conserve through saying those no's. And if you manage to do it, drop me a DM on Instagram. Tell me how well you've been doing with setting that boundary. And I can't wait to celebrate it with you, whether it's there or in the Single Girls Club as well, the Facebook group that we have that you can sign up to and join to interact with and share your no's for the week from other single women. Have the most wonderful week trying that challenge. And until next time, keep thriving.